So I'm here in my room. My computer is turned on in front of me, and then there's my microphone. There's also a notepad open with some notes about my podcast. It's time to rewind. It looks like they're open to the 20th scene of Memento that starts in black and white at 47 minutes and 49 seconds, with Leonard taping a needle to an ink pen and ends at 48 minutes and 27 seconds with Leonard breaking a second ink pen in half. Uh, there also is a Skype window open. Oh, hang on. Uh, who is this? Baba! It's Lisa Leahy from Rabbit Hole Podcast. You remember me, right? I'm your co-host. Oh, of course, but I, I do prefer to be called Bubba Wheat. And, uh, and someone else here? Who, who are you? Oh, hey, this is Andy Nelson from Marvel Movie Minute joining you today. How are you? Oh, of, of course. I, I'm, I'm doing all right. And, and, and who are you? Oh, hi. I'm Pete Wright, and I'm also from the Marvel Movie Minute. I follow Andy around in black and white. <laughs> Of course. Well, it's it's good to have you guys on here. It's uh, the, you know, we were talking, you know, before we started recording, and these are we're getting into some of the shortest black and white scenes in this movie. So these uh, these next three weeks are going to be kind of kind of shorter episodes, but uh, you know, there there's a bit of stuff here. I'm going to try not to take that personally, Bubba Wee, that you have me on these really, really short episodes. <laughs> Hopefully it's not that I ramble too much, you know. No, of course He doesn't not. answer. Oh, right. I was going yeah, to oh, yeah. That's That's a say, suspicious Bubba silence. Yeah. <laughs> That's my ego, would you? There's not a lot here, and um, I, I think I've, I wrote this down in, in a, a future week, but the – we don't talk a whole lot about what's going on in the color scenes at this point in the movie, but this, I, I do think that it's worth mentioning that this is pretty much where the, like the Dodd scenes are going on. And this is like basically this movie's version of an action scene. My favorite scene in the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. And so these, these short scenes are, you know, I imagine they're short for a reason so that you can get back into the action of, of the Dodd scenes. It right. does add an interesting cadence to the, the streaming of the movie here and how like everything is just that really quick edit. So I, I think that definitely is intentional, as you say. Yeah, even like, you know, at the end of this clip here, uh, you know, we've got the breaking of the pen, which, you know, all of that really, I mean, that's kind of, I guess you could say, an action beat within this scene that does connect us right into that other action. So there are those moments here that uh, it is connective tissue, all of which would ties together nicely. Kind of a great punctuating moment, you know, that snap. The snap, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I was just right, going right, to say right. the use of sound in, in these sequences is particularly notable, just the way the voices work and the, all of the clicking as he sets things down on other things. And uh, it's, it's all super visceral. Even yeah. like the taping, like when do you hear taping that's <laughs> right? <laughs> loud as this <laughs> yeah and, and it, it's also you know that these are very close-up shots they're they're very you know the the pen itself and the needle is very big in frame and the camera pushes in on leonard's face as he's doing this and i i feel like that that also mirrors his focus because mm -hmm. you know his yeah. attention span he is very focused on this task 
and the audience is also very focused with all these close-ups. Mm-hmm. I mean, he does say, you know, that you're able to do new things as long as you keep your attention on what you're doing and you don't get distracted. So I, I do agree with you on that. Like he's got just the pen, really, the pen and the, the lighter right up to his face so he can really keep an eye on things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, but before we get too much farther into you know, what's going on in this scene, which isn't a whole lot, uh, I, I did want to ask Andy, uh, what what's your background with this movie? Do you, do you remember, like, whenever you first saw it? Yeah, this was a movie that I happened to be visiting a friend in L.A. Uh, the weekend that this uh, opened. And uh, we went and saw it. It was just a packed, packed house out there. And... I uh, I remember like it's it's something that we had heard of so I know that we had been excited about it and we uh, went and watched it opening night and just I mean it was one of those movies that just kind of blows your mind and and after we came out I know just like it was nonstop conversation like piecing all of this together the forward and backward nature of the story and everything and it was just you know it's it's a movie that instantly. Uh, became just a favorite and something that I um, I love the crafting of it and I think that when you look at what uh, the Nolans did with putting this story together I, I you know I just I've always found it to be um, still one of the one of my favorites that uh, Christopher Nolan has made it just it stays way up there for me yeah I I think this is one of my you know Christopher Nolan favorites as well I you know I've I've kind of fallen off. Uh, following his movies later on um i I think mostly just because i with you know a couple kids now my movie watching at home tends to be um well my media watching tends to be shorter attention span so i've switched to a lot more tv than movies and so like if i if i'm watching a movie it's like i have to have a reason for it like am i watching this to record a podcast on yeah. <laughs> you don't have an arbitrary three and a half hours to sit and watch one of these films. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I wanted to take a moment to talk about, you know, this, you know, for the, these next three weeks, this is all about him, you know, doing this like homemade tattoo. So, of course, I did do a, a look up. I did look up some information about if this is like an accurate method. Did you try an at-home tattoo, probably? <laughs> I hope you didn't no, I, use some, you know, weird YouTube how-to video here. <laughs> no, I, I didn't do that, but, uh, you know, the, this is a, a fairly accurate method to making a homemade tattoo. And there there are a few other steps that, that somebody probably should take if, if they were doing this, and three weeks from now, whenever we actually see him putting the needle to the skin from my point of view, from, cause I, I've watched like a lot of uh, tattoo programs, you know, with like professional, like ink master and all and tattoo redo and stuff like that. And the, the thing that I notice is I feel like he doesn't have a very good needle technique because <laughs> his needle is like, you know, angled mm-hmm. when you should be, it should be like more of a 90 degree angle whenever he's poking into the skin. And the other thing that I noticed that a, a lot of homemade tattoo techniques uh, do is you are, it's very important to uh, get the depth right. And um, a lot of people suggest like tying an, uh, a thread around the needle. 
to basically prevent it from going in too deep, which he doesn't have that. So, Ew. well, that's he's, that's interesting. Would it actually, <laughs> would it actually have been better to like tape the needle so like only the right depth was actually protruding yeah. from the bottom of it, so that when he pushes the pen down, yep. it's like it can't go any further than the proper depth. Mm-hmm. And and this is like basically referred to as a stick and poke technique. Ah, very technical. And, <laughs> yeah, and, and this is actually a very large tattoo to be using this type of technique. I, I I feel like this would be a very long process and a very painful process. You know, but most of the time, whenever you see one of these like stick and poke tattoos, they're very you know they're only like one or two inches big. Well, he does it so quickly over the, you know, the over the course of this scene. I like to think that he he just uses the actual tattooing, the stick and poke, just to kind of like do a few like the the shape of the letters, and then he just turns the pen around and actually just colors in the colors. So <laughs> <laughs> connect the dots. Right, exactly. <laughs> My daughter yeah, actually has <laughs> two of these tattoos, uh, and she she's a. Um, kind of, I don't know, I want to call her a survivalist, but that might be too extreme. She teaches outdoor survival skills and, and she works with a group of people out in the woods. And she came home from a summer of teaching kids and she had two tattoos on her foot and ankle and she got them in the woods, like the least sterile place you could go to get them. And my <laughs> image, the only thing I have is this movie. <laughs> to, to to fit my mental model of how she got these tattoos. I, I will say she has survived. She didn't get any sort of tetanus. That was good news. But they she did say it wasn't as painful as you'd think. It was not as painful as you'd think. I think it's very painful, so uh, that didn't help a lot. But it is possible, and they can look very, very nice. They don't just have to be words and license plates. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and I suppose that it it really boils down to what color of ink you're using. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, we don't we could be there could be black and blue, I suppose, are obviously going to be the most common, too. (laughs) But, you know, if you get one of those pens with the four colors, you know, you've got a few more options. Maybe that is officer (laughs) thinking right there. That is you have a creator's heart. Yeah. And then and also I, I saw that, you know, the majority of homemade tattoos and the the stick and poke technique recommends using still tattoo ink because that's going to give you the darkest black and anything else is most likely going to fade right um uh, relatively quickly as far as tattoos are concerned Mm. and and not last nearly as long as professional grade tattoo ink did you find any research using pen ink and whether or not a ballpoint pen is better than a gel ink pen or the gel <laughs> pens with the sparkles in them? Anything come up sparkles. for that research? Um, not about the different types of pens, but I, I have seen that, you know, people don't recommend using pen ink. But there I did see some uh, comments of people that that had used ten, pen ink for their own tattoos. Give it a pinch. I, the bics are going to be yeah. the best, huh? All right. <laughs> And it, you know, the, his method of sterilizing the, you know, just putting the, the needle into the flame, that's also pretty accurate of, of how you would do this tattoo. And, um, you know, aside from wrapping thread, this is pretty much, you know, th- this is a very accurate representation of how you could do a homemade tattoo. Wow. So well, kids. Good to know. <laughs> <laughs> When you're finished scrolling Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) 
we do not condone this. <laughs> Let's make yes. that crystal clear. Right. Right. Disclaimer for all crystal. the kids listening. <laughs> In fact, I think those pens are called crystal, actually, now that I think about yeah. it. Hmm. And if we do, this is one of the, the short clips where we do actually get some dialogue from Leonard. And I, I think that that line is, is also worth talking about. It, it, you know, it's a very brief, but, you know, he's uh, still having this conversation about Mr. Jenkins and or how Mrs. Jenkins didn't understand that you can't bully someone into remembering. The more pressure you're under, the harder it gets. And I think this is also a, you know, this is a perfect time to ask you to, um, you know, that a lot of this, if you're watching, it kind of, you know, every character is an unreliable narrator. And especially with Leonard's story about Sammy Jenkins. And there is, it calls into question of whether or not Sammy Jenkins actually is Leonard. So what do you, what do you two think about that? Do you think that Sammy Jenkins is actually Leonard and it was his wife that survived the attack and had diabetes? I think that's a real open question. And I think it's one of those things that Christopher Nolan loves to do is to, to offer you the opportunity to think about that. And uh, I think over the years, my opinion has likely changed. Uh, but I, I did go back. We, uh, Andy and I recorded a, a podcast on this uh, movie some years back and I went back and listened to it today. And I, I, I am, I'm pleased to say we didn't have a good opinion on it then either. <laughs> <laughs> It's, I mean, it's so uh, interesting because you do get those flashes of him and his wife, and was it a pinch? Was it a, a needle? You know, how does that play out? And and the idea of these cloudy memories and and the the fogginess of of how we remember things, particularly how he remembers things. I I find that to be such an interesting element of the story. And yeah, I don't know. I I kind of think that it makes sense for it to be him who um, who did accidentally kill his wife. But at the same time, I as Pete said, I like that Nolan has uh, found a way to employ this type of storytelling in a number of films now where I, it I don't know if it necessarily matters which way the answer is, because I think that I think what he's trying to say is that you know, we'll never know because he'll never know. And, and you know, I, 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 I don't know. I find that to be really unique in his storytelling style. Yeah. The, the, the other thing that I noticed about the way he says it, you, you know, he, he says the more pressure you're on, you're under, the harder it gets. And, and I get the impression that the way he's describing it is as someone who's experienced it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Even though he's talking about Sammy and he wouldn't know how Sammy was feeling, if it was harder, easier for Sammy to remember things under pressure. But he, and, and technically, I guess he also wouldn't really know that for himself, mm. but uh, he, he would kind of have, have this, this feeling. And especially if it's something that he's talked about uh, through repetition. That's also what's so beautiful about the architecture of it and the treatment of the black and white, because like, lest we forget Nolan is making a noir film here and going into black and white exudes that sort of classical sweatiness that comes in that narrative style. And um, and and so his line talking about the pressure of the repetition, even if he isn't consciously aware of it, 
we become much more consciously aware of it as the the repetition sets in, as you rewatch the film and you realize what he's been going through. It doesn't even matter that he's not conscious of it because when he does become conscious of it, he's going to forget it the next day. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the, that's the like hard edge sort of um, uh, the, that the steel of the movie that, that I think makes it so good. And, and even this 28 seconds, glorious <laughs> 28 seconds, I think really, really it continues to drive that home. It, it's very sharp edged and uh, both in, in sort of the dialogue and, and the visuals. Yeah, well, I, I think we we covered you know maybe a lot more than we expected to in this twenty seconds. Um, <laughs> but that, that that's the end of my notes. Unless either of you have uh, anything else that you want to say about this clip? Not really. Just I wonder if he'll uh, know that this never calls them back because. <laughs> <laughs> he does ask them to call him back. Yeah, and he does, no but will he actually know that? <laughs> and does he remember that he asked for it when the person does call back? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we we will kind of see that. I, I mean, that's. I mean, we'll we'll get there, but that's you know that moment of that. that who is this? That's that's kind of exactly where I take my opening from. Yeah. Right. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for joining me uh, for this week and the, the next few weeks. And, um, and why don't you go ahead and take for anybody else, else that hasn't heard you guys before? Why don't you take a moment to let them know where else they can hear you online? Absolutely. Uh, you know, we as I set up at the top, you know, we we run the Marvel Movie Minute where we're breaking down the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe one minute at a time. We're currently in our sixth season talking about the Avengers so people can tune in for that. And uh, then we have another movie show that uh, Pete will fill you in on. Yeah, that show is the next reel where we cover one movie, exactly one movie at a time. Uh, and uh, we've been doing that since 2011. We've got hundreds and hundreds of movies grouped in series, and this movie in our collection was in the series Spoiled? Rotten? So uh, it was part of a, a little short series of movies that we, where we asked the question, if you know what, it, what it's doing, does it make watching it again less interesting? So uh, fun series that we'd like to cover. You can find that over at thenextreel.com, too. And thank you, as always, Lisa, for joining me on these black and white scenes. Always a fun time to be here. And as always, I am Bubba Wheat, and you can find me on Twitter where I'm at Bubba Wheat. You can find this show, It's Time to Rewind, on Anchor.fm, as well as anywhere else that you listen to podcasts. We also have a Facebook group, It's Time to Rewind, a time loop group, and you can join that to discuss episodes as they come out, as well as have discussions about other time loop movies, TV episodes, or anything time loop related is welcome there. And in, until next time, I I assume I've already told you about Memento? Oh, only every time I see you. Well, then call, call me back. <laughs>